This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Get an ugly girl to marry you. Words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> My grandpa always used to sing this song, just like random. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, wow. Feel awesome. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives with your hosts, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Welcome to the show, Y-Tune Shuffle. My name is Maggie Mayfield. I'm your host of this show and very close to me today is... Physically. <laughs> David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Hollywood Secret Weapon. That's me. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Glad David Earl Waterman. <laughs> and then uh, our guest, well, the reason that we're so cozy and close today is because you brought with you two very dear longtime friends of yours, mm-hmm. the comedy duo that goes by the name Lank and Earl. Lank and Earl, that's right. They're David Earl Waterman. Yeah. <laughs> can you guys just introduce yourselves so that way we can get a different different voice? I'm David Earl Waterman. I'm Barry Lank. Hi, Hi Barry Lank. My name's David L- Waterman. <laughs> David Waterman! It's already started. My name's David uh, Jim Earl Waterman. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well. Can you guys talk a little bit about how you know David or where this came from? Because David talks about being familiar strangers, mm-hmm. as so Sarah Silverman says. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have like a, um, like a history together. But how did you meet and, and talk a little bit about why how... I've talked to Dave twice. Uh, Jim, though, knows Yeah, I met Dave back in 2002, I think, when I came back from New York City uh, from a a job and then uh, hung around at the fake gallery of Paul Paul Kozlowski's famous fake gallery, and and Dave Earl Waterman was there. Yeah. But he wasn't Dave Earl yet. No, I was. I just, it was in and out of the nomenclature at that time. I think Uh, you put in the Earl thing to screw with me. Now, Maggie Mayfield... (laughs) The hostess of the mostest, amazing yeah. Maggie Mayfield here at Y Tune Shuffle. Is I look comic. forward to meeting her someday. Oh, <laughs> Barry, look across the table. Uh, is is in a place we were in in the '90s, where her career and and her affiliations are with some of the brightest and best up and coming comics. And I count myself having been in that same position, but I was not as ambitious and hardworking as Maggie, so I just know a lot of people. I didn't really capitalize on it, but Paul Kozlowski's fake gallery yes. is how a lot of us got connected and you were jim coming out of new york on a job you were yeah. working for the mbta or what exactly uh, the daily show I the daily say. show wow that's a pretty that big credit. show every day yeah and uh but you were the big star at the fake gallery yes i, I mean, was you were like wow there's a professional up there mm-hmm. yeah well this show isn't about david Earl waterman this is about oh. you guys yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, and then he scarred like... me for life, but that's a different story. <laughs> they went fishing together. So you're both from New York? Nope. We're both from here. We're both from Southern California. Well, how what, How did you get to New York? Um, different ways. I went to New York for uh, journalism school, and then shortly after that, Jim got the gig at uh, at The Daily Show. This was in 96. I went there in 96, and then you got there early 97. And then he was at The Daily Show, and then he left The Daily Show, but I was still in New York, which is why I've talked to Dave twice, because I was still I was still in New York until like three years ago, Oh wow! doing one thing or another. And then, okay, so why are the two of you considered a comedy duo? Because you have that would, written that, together? That would be go back, going back to the 1980s. Yeah, well, we went to high school together in Claremont, right. which is 50 miles east of here. It's mm-hmm. hot there. Yes, but it's got the most trees per capita of any city in the country. Is that true? Really? Yes, it is. I and did you not know that this. Up. <laughs> is, is that I where did Roger um, uh, written out? Written out. Yeah, yeah Roger Rittenhouse lives there now. There. I was talking to him about it at Chuck Sklar's barbecue. Yeah, where yeah. I, you know, met, oh, ran into you. He didn't, not in our neighborhoods, but yeah, he's he, he's in Claremont. <laughs> he's in the uh, he's south of the freeway. We never went down there. Mm. Yeah, so we went to Berkeley. Uh, yeah. After that, for UC Berkeley, and, uh, and then after we got out like of college, like on purpose or like just by happenstance, on purpose, <laughs> just wandered around. I got off the bus. <laughs> I was taking the bus to like Juarez for you know <laughs> yeah. to have a crazy night. Got With off the, the bus and like you, you're in Berkeley and you're enrolled in classes and you better get going. 
He went to Juarez with Juanita on his uh, lap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a reference to a song. <laughs> Everybody, come on. What did you guys study? Did you st- did you plan on hey let's go to let's go to Berkeley together? No, no, first first I went to San Francisco State and then transferred to Berkeley and then a and year I, later yeah I just went up to Berkeley after doing a few uh, uh, junior colleges around here and I discovered what I wanted to major in I went up there I majored in it and then I completely abandoned it. <laughs> well, what was it? Art history. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Oh. oh. Well, that explains the fake gallery, though. <laughs> Do so. you remember the day in, that you met, and can either one of you tell the story of the first time you guys met each other? Yes. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you were... Uh... <laughs> this would have been in 19... 19- well, you you came to Claremont High School midway through your high 76. school. 76. 76. So yeah. I, uh, I was starting my junior year. Okay. The uh, bicentennial of our great nation. Yeah. The birthday of our great nation. Correct. 1776. That part I remember. Yes. And uh, I, I think I met you on uh, on the campus. Okay. And I think I, we would just pass because we knew m- mutual friends. And, yeah. And I would say to you as I pass by, I'm going down the toilet, Barry. Yeah. And then I would go. I would, <laughs> we just kind of walk by. Yeah, we had our. Uh, we knew. Well, we both knew uh, a guy named Frank. We both knew Frank Dees. Yeah, you don't know him. No, that's fine. You don't we, know we, him. We want to hear names. We want to hear. <laughs> These are people. Um, the local shop. Yeah. You know. So yeah, we, we then we sort of accumulated more mutual friends. We had a lot of famous people at Claremont High School. There was the Brinks robbery people. Were they? Yeah. And <laughs> there was the Blue Lagoon guy. Oh, the Blue Lagoon. That was Marty Hewitt. Yeah. Him, I remember. He yeah. was a classmate of yours. Well, he, he was, was my sister's age. He was yeah. like two, three years, three or four years ahead of us, I think. In the same realm. Yeah. And the Brinks job guys, I mean, not yeah. the gangsters, but from the movie The Brinks Job? No, no, they're the real guys. There's, they haven't been uh, apprehended yet, uh, I think most of them. This, uh, what year were they in our school? I, I think they were in, in our years. The Brinks job? Yeah, See, because I thought that was done in the 1950s. The Brinks job was, was pulled in the 1950s in Boston. There was another big one. In, uh, oh, so there's okay. more than one Brinks job. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it stands to reason. I mean, it's a bank. Fast forward to comedy. What, what, how did that launch? I graduated Berkeley. Well, first I did open mics on my own for two or three years where I was fine. Um, <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> I was, I was okay, I guess. And then, uh, so yeah, I was just kind of doing that around. And then Jim graduated, and uh, I, I worked better in a team. He wanted to work in a team, so yeah. I think our main, our main, the main gist of our act was that we, I, we started out making fun of comedy, stand-up comedy, yeah. and showbiz. I guess you know that kind of thing. Because you also, Jim, had worked doing stand-up by yourself, doing your own open mic thing? No, I didn't before. Well, actually, I did. I went first went on stage at the Laugh Stop yeah. here in Claremont mm-hmm. uh, in the boiler room. And and you'd been working at the 19- Laugh Stop, so you'd been sort of steeped in it. In 1980. Yeah. I also did a, a, a set at the Big Mac uh, Supper Club. Remember that? <laughs> no. Did you get paid for it? No, that was when you could sign up for an open mic at your local uh, McDonald's. Really? Yeah. And that was in the late 70s. So when you guys started doing the the duo act together, like how did you practice? How did you write? How did you how did you rehearse? Or did you wait until you got up on stage and Re- it was all improv? Rehearse, eh? Hmm. Yeah. Right. What? A lot of it, a lot of the writing was when we just got up on stage. Um we just play off each other. I mean, we had a few things I guess when we yeah, first we had, first we had started. A lot, a lot of, you know, one of us would be on stage and the other would be off stage. We did a lot of that. And yeah. the person on stage, you'd hear his thoughts. Yeah. Uh, which would be, you know, Barry off stage usually. That was yeah. That was the f- that was our, our early sketch that we did write, um, and rehearse, I guess. Um, but most because the person was off stage, I would just have like a piece of paper with the script. Um, that was the Bud Frazzle bit. Yeah, the uh, comic who just got back from Vietnam. Yeah. So that was. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was making fun of uh, Bud Frazzle. <laughs> Bud Frazzle. Bud Frazzle, yeah. We had another one of the call-in talk show, What Makes You Unusual, just a very, very generic thing where we used a bunch of jokes that we'd already kind of had written in other contexts. And, um, and again, somebody could be off stage and reading a script, so that made it easy to learn. I was born. Yeah, what makes you unusual? I was went through the amazing miracle of being born again. Really, <laughs> not not religiously. I was reinserted into the womb and uh, born again. Born literally again. Born, born again. Literally born again. And online, you can you can just Google Lank and Earl, and there's a lot of videos that are on YouTube now. Mostly, yeah. mostly the gun bit. The gun bit. I, What's the gun bit? Uh, and I show up. I show up. Well, the gun. I was just. I was saying. I've I've had jobs completely unrelated to comedy, like teaching English as a second language out of New York, sort of had a fallback job. I walk into class one day, and the students are showing me their phones with us doing the gun bit. You know, the gun bit is where we say, uh, we go on stage. We did this for Comedy on the Road, I think. Comedy on the Road, uh, and yeah, a couple of TV shows. Yeah. It's a Russian roulette, roulette bit, basically, where... One of us is pointing the gun at the other person's head, and they tell a joke, and then I pull the trigger, and then roll it. Roll it. Oh, my God. So each of us will tell a joke when the other one points a gun at their head, pull the trigger, and if uh, they live, then they give them the gun, and the other guy tells the joke. Yeah. See, that's, pre, that's pre-9-11 stuff that was really great. <laughs> well, even we, we, we did it in New York. We did have... I can't remember how we got around getting the gun there because we couldn't bring it on the plane even then. It was a real gun. No, it, it was it was a it was a starter gun. It was a starter pistol, yeah. kind of starter pistol. I, I hid it in the suitcase. Yeah, so we didn't but, check it. Yeah, you guys were Ultimately, a comedy duo. You traveled to yeah. San Francisco. You've worked odd jobs. And well, brought... we worked we worked out of San Francisco. I mean, that's really where we started doing open mics, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the Holy City Zoo. Um, an iconic place. Iconic place. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Iconic. Right? Place. Would you say it was iconic? I would say it was uh, substantive. Substantive. <laughs> Influential. I have it, I have it as, as, a, as an icon on my phone. It set the cultural narrative. <laughs> Who'd you rub elbows with? Whoa. Ooh. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. Like, Who yeah. passed through? Dana Gould got through there. Rob Schneider. Janine Garofalo when she was sort of traveling around. Uh, yeah. uh, Margaret Cho, yes, of course. Yes, yeah. Warren uh, Thomas. Warren. Robin Williams. Yeah. Uh, Robin. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody passed through there at some point. Actually, there's one of the songs I have is uh, Crazy uh-huh. uh, by Patsy Cline, which is uh, from that period. Okay, well. Um, maybe we should. Maybe we should I, just... I don't know. I don't know the format of the show. This is it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what that was is the person who was running the Holy City Zoo was um, at the time. Uh, her name was Becky or uh, Becky uh, Becky Becky Irwin. She's now Rebecca Spencer. She later worked for uh... Dan's wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, Becky ran the zoo like in its craziest period. So she was in charge of getting everybody on stage for the open mics, and she had to just. You know, all these crazy people come off the street. Well, whatever. If you sign your name, you can do five minutes. So she had to deal with all that. And she loved things like, she loved Patsy Cline. Um, she loved um, um, uh, she loved uh, Sinatra. She loved Elvis Presley. She had a big picture of Elvis facing the stage. And some of the stuff we did was, to some extent, to, to mock her a little bit for that. <laughs> Like we had, uh, we had a bit called we have a bit called farting Elvis, uh, which is just me doing an Elvis impression and Jim making fart noises on the other well, mic. What's the premise, Barry? <laughs> oh, well. you should probably set set that up. I mean, what led up to farting Elvis? Why was he indeed farting? And well, why he had. Were uh, we making fun what, of did Elvis we did, for did, did we say he was not dead? We said he was. He just had really bad gas. Bad gas. Yes. Yeah. And then. Uh, then of course I walked off stage and I did the fart noises while he sang and did uh, karate moves. Yeah, that was a huge, huge bit. <laughs> we're still doing it. Really? <laughs> even divorced from content now, even though we're not we're not harassing Becky anymore. It's still like, yeah, that's a fun bit to do. We did that at uh, we did that at Ron's show. Did that yeah. at the Tomorrow Ron show. Lynch's show. There's Ron another show. great so he... that we met at the Holy City. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Met Ron there. So yeah. you guys still perform together? Yeah, occasionally. At, oh, uh, sometimes. When we get we, stage time. When yeah. we get stage time. We did Comedy Day last year, and we've done Ron's show a lot. A lot of ageism in the business. 
you know. I don't mm. know if you know this because you're such a youngster. <laughs> oh, thank you. But <clears throat> there's a lot of ageism in the business, and it's hard to get stage time for the... Unless your name is Louis C.K. or Mark Marin, <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, it's not... It's not money is people with a lot of money. Can... <laughs> do they have a lot of money? Uh, yes. Louie, yes. Well. <laughs> Mark, probably. Yes. That's so a... that bit, that whole bit, that Patsy Cline mm-hmm. makes you think, what was the woman's name? That oh, Becky Irwin. Okay. Well, so... Rebecca Irwin Spencer. That's who she is now. But it just brings you back to that time, like doing those open mics and that Elvis bit yeah, pretty was much. born from there. And yeah. you still do it. Yeah. Oh, that sure. is so fun. <laughs> What did you guys do after you hit the open mic circuit when you were like, okay, well, that was enough practicing? Did you go out drinking or eating or was it? <laughs> oh, you mean after this, after the whole period of open mics or just, or just no, at, so at the like, end of the night? So, like now, life. here, so now in uh, doing stand up in Los Angeles, we'll hit a couple of mics and mm. then go to House of Pies in uh, Hollywood on Vermont. And... Well, we had, I mean, we went to Mel's for a while, yeah. Mel's Diner. I mean, yeah. mostly sort of whatever you were doing at the end of the night, you went to the Holy City Zoo and just hung out, mm-hmm. and then some coffee shop later or something. Well, right, yeah. around, right next door to the Holy City Zoo was the Last Day Saloon, Yeah, and right. always have a, a real cheesy uh, uh, karaoke. In there. there it yeah. is. Yeah, yep. it, was, it was, and pre, before like karaoke karaoke, it was a guy called Dr. Rock and Roll. <laughs> just had a bunch of tapes. He was yeah. a doctor of rock. He was a doctor. Of, he was a cop, actually. Oh wow! And then at night he would do Doctor Rock and Roll. And of course, all the comics would come after their set. They would just stroll in there and, and ruin everybody's time. Yeah. <laughs> ruin we just, the, well, you know, comics doing uh, uh, karaoke. Yeah, just doing it as badly as we could. And well, that's how I do it. And then, yeah, actually, Clement was pretty good for a lot of things because we had the toy boat. That's actually still there. The Toy Boat uh, Ice Cream Place and uh, Max's 540. That was our, I think, my favorite bar to mm-hmm. go to afterwards. Nice. At least. They, had a, they had the best, uh, my, my favorite piece of uh, restroom graffiti. <laughs> Which was? That, was? that was at Max's? What yeah. was it? Do you remember? It was, well, it, it was just on the restroom stall, and it said, when all the shithouse poets die, there will be erected in the sky... A monument of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that this, I don't know, two decades? Oh, it was more than three that. Decades? That's still, that's like an Instagram quote of the day. A, I think it's a brilliant poem by an anonymous genius. And it's going to live on forever through Y2 I mean, do you see much on bathroom walls anymore? I mean, it's, it's, no. it's one, yes. Of, no. yes. one of the things that aren't here anymore. <laughs> kind of a thing. All, All right. right, so next one. Are we playing this too now? This is one of yours. I don't, I don't know this. To me, I, I I I love this kind of stuff. It, it's an old uh, European or German uh, folk song. Why is it in your Why is it in your faves? Well, it's a beautiful tune. Yes. And my dad used to play it when I was young on the piano. He was a very, very good classical amateur pianist, and he'd play that. And I never knew what it was about until you know last few years. I dug it up again, and I discovered what it was about. And what is it about? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's about this brother who goes and says, Schwesterlein, little sister, little sister, when are we going home? And she says, Bruderlein, Bruderlein, uh, brother, brother, we're, uh, we're going home soon. It's basically it's about this uh, brother trying asking her, his little sister, when she's getting out of the whorehouse. Is that <laughs> true? Yeah, I think she's in a whorehouse of something, and, and she's dying. And in the last verse is her saying, uh, I want to be buried underneath the grass. Do you think your dad knew what he was playing? <laughs> yes. I, he knew. <laughs> he, he knew. He, he understood German. Yeah. So he would play a lot of piano when you were very young? Yeah. Was he, yeah. Did he ever make you learn how to play? I did it on my own for a, a couple of years and then forgot it all. <laughs> yeah. What, what inspired you to go back? Because what I'm getting from this, Jim, is that this was a song that connects you in some way with your dad. What are you, insane? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm Hollywood's secret weapon. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I brought back nice. Is memories. that why you dug it up? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Your dad well, passed yeah, well, away a few years ago. Because I heard that, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he always liked that tune, and I did too. It's a sweet tune. It's a beautiful little tune. That's what that's what those uh, composers did back then. They take uh, like Chopin, and Beethoven would take folk songs that were popular and kind of rearrange them. What was it like in your house in Claremont? Was what can you just kind of a composite of who who'd you live with? Uh, what was the what was the family structure like? Just kind of a, a, a gym structure. <laughs> it was kind of like a labor camp. <laughs> <laughs> Brothers, sisters. I have three older brothers, and uh, I would have to talk to my lawyer to get things inside. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Did your brothers beat you up a lot? No, or actually, they leave you alone. They kind of. <laughs> my 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 brother John kind of did. He's my. Uh, he was the he's the next oldest one. Uh, yeah, and so. my biological brother. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, the other two brothers are half brothers, meaning they're not as good. Uh-huh. It's like ninety percent of our guests, and I think Maggie and I. You know, everyone's got these half brothers and these step brothers. These just mm. whack. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's 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 the new normal, I suppose. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, not I. Who took you guys to school? Took me to school. Uh, that'd be my mom. But I walked to school a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a safe neighborhood. Uphill both ways. Back then. Yeah, uphill both ways <laughs> in the snow for six miles. Barefoot on for drugs half, for a half hour <laughs> on acid for a half an hour. But I'm but I'm catching that Barry had more of a. a a traditional. Yeah. One mom, one dad, one sister, and me. That's it. All and Jewish. a dog or a cat? All Jewish. One dog. Mom never pet the dog. and what? was and was <laughs> And was deathly afraid of cats. She had, she had a phobia of some kind with cats. And then just wouldn't touch the dog? Eh, no, nah, she wouldn't. My sister observed that. She said, you know, she never pets the dog. Who took the dog out? Or did you just have a big yard? Uh, no, we took, well, we had a big yard. And then I would walk it and I'd feed her. Walk it. Feed it feed her uh what was the dog's name dog's name was sniffy because <laughs> because because we were children because yeah. we were children and my sister named it <laughs> sniffy the dog was sniffing her so well, my sister a, i would have loved to have been in your family <laughs> no i wouldn't be i no, wouldn't be feeling the feelings wouldn't. i'm having at this stage of my life no you wouldn't you'd have the feelings i'm having at this stage of my life <laughs> Being a being a standard nuclear family, uh, yeah, there's there's things, other things happen. No. Let's go to the next song. There's an ivy-covered cottage where the old folks wait for me. Neath the red hills of New Jersey by the sea. It's a quaint old-fashioned farmhouse where I saw the light of day. Recollection paints the scene so far away. I heard this on K-Rock. Remember the 70s? This was everywhere. (laughs) All kidding aside, I I love these cuts. I love this stuff. Where does it take you? Talk to us about it. Well, I mean, that one... That one is um, that one covers a lot of ground for me. Actually, I mean, I don't. It's not my favorite song. It just happens to cover a lot of ground. If you're going to use it as a as a starting off point, because first of all, that's the kind of music I've always just loved. Just that really, really old stuff. Um, I like the crackle in the background. The crackle in the background, and then he, that's this is Billy Murray, who was one of the earliest uh, recording stars. And one of the things that helped make him a star is that he was very, you know, the old recording equipment, you had to shout into it. And he was just good at singing while shouting. And I just, I always loved that old kind of stuff. And that, honestly, is the kind of stuff that I liked in high school. Uh, I was listening to ragtime and, and stuff like that. I just like really old type Hello, of music. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. This particular cut, I used years, when I first started doing anything ambitious with, uh, audio production uh, an audio play I used it I used this because I did the audio play about where I worked at a New Jersey newspaper mm. for three years or so out in uh, I told you I went to journalism school and then I started working in newspapers in Bayonne? Uh, nope Cherry Hill Cherry Hill New Cherry Jersey. Hill just outside Philadelphia I, I did this uh, podcast about the death of the newspaper industry basically <laughs> 
Where uh, can we hear? What's, where's that? Uh, it's called the Obscure County Election That Changed Nothing. Um, <laughs> you just Google that. There's only one of those out there. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's like a little play that I issued in six podcasts, basically. So you lived in New Jersey? Yeah. What, for how long and why were you there and why did then what how did you leave <laughs> how the hell did i get out yeah uh, well, what, i was what, born and raised in new jersey whereabouts uh in ewing right outside of trenton in mercer county okay all right yeah, yeah. right in the middle okay um, but parents had to get divorced and my mom was like F- new jersey i'm out of here yeah and, right yeah so that's how well that's the funny thing with it i i i went into new jersey because i was after we had done comedy, and then I went to uh, journalism school, and then I sort of started following newspaper jobs. Okay. I had one up in, um, I, I got a job uh, in northern New Jersey in Passaic County, and that led to somebody offering me a job like writing editorials in southern New Jersey. I thought, oh, well, I always wanted to write new editorials. And the only problem is, you know, you move to these places to be a, a newspaper person or whatever, and you don't give a damn about the places that you're covering. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no connection to New Jersey and, and felt nothing about it. But, you know, was writing and, you know, writing professionally. And so that was interesting. And what was funny about that is I wasn't the only one. If you looked at the people who actually ran newspapers, mm-hmm. like the, the the editors and so forth, they also didn't give a damn about it. <laughs> they That's came so from somewhere else. You know, they were ambitious people, and they went to this paper because there was an opening, and they had no love for the for the region. That's so similar to radio because you yep. you travel around. Like, I can't tell you how many states I've lived in right. because that's where the job was. Yep. But I didn't have a choice. It was either get to know the people and where you lived mm-hmm. or, you know, they would kind of kick you out. Yeah. Really. It's like, don't well, tell me about my town if you don't want to be a part of it. Right. So. Well, I mean, I was I was ultimately the editorial page editor. And again, I was just like, well, I don't really care that much you yeah. know i mean i'm trying to help mold opinion here but i don't have any investment in this place and yeah very common in media yeah. throughout yeah. media how i got out um air america radio started up and uh jim mentioned he was going to be moving back to new york because there was this thing coming up and uh, our our old boss both of us had one at one point or another worked for liz winstead so I contacted Liz. I said, I hear you're doing this thing, because I was ready to move on at that point. And she said, basically, welcome aboard. And that's, wow. I moved from, at that time I was living in Philadelphia, moved back to New York. And we all started doing Air America for the next two and a half years, I guess, for me. And did you guys do Lincoln Earl, the team, before all that happened? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We yeah. were Lincoln Earl from 1985, well, from 1985, actively from 85 to about 96. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's you know in the the comedy bubble boom yeah. bust. Yeah, and poverty. Yeah, <laughs> all all in that ten years. Yeah, yeah, everybody living with everybody else in everybody's house, and you know, so yeah, all of that was before. And then I went off to journalism, and then we all sort of bounced back together, me and him, and actually a couple of other San Francisco people landed at Air America: Bruce Cherry, uh, Warren Thomas. Hey, uh, Whitney Brown. Whitney, yeah. Mm-hmm. From uh, SNL and uh, all sorts of things. Yeah. It's now living in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas with a blues singer. Yeah. Yeah. I did the majority report with Janine and Sam. Oh, you did? You, were you on there? Yeah, in, in, in that building. I did some guest stuff, and I did voices, call-in voices for them. Uh, but that was kind of a weird building. Was that in the building? Was that like on the 40th floor? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, God. Yeah. Oof. We moved to a better place after that, but like if you just needed to get some air, you had to go on an elevator down 40 floors yeah. just to get out and walk around or something. No, it was a good time, Air America. I'm sorry that that thing kind of fizzled out. I it's... thought that was going to be my resurgence. Well, you know, it's too bad you didn't, we couldn't uh, connect. Yeah. You couldn't connect during that period. You could have smoked some pot with uh, me and the, Whitney in the uh, elevators. That would have been <laughs> <Did> awesome. <laughs> Wow. In the uh, business elevator, uh, the back elevator, not the front elevator. I, I later worked with Whitney on this other job where he would just, he would just, he, most of what he did all day was just steal music online. It was hilarious. It's good work when you can get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good work when you can get it. All right. What's our next one? Keep the ball going.
Yeah, this is like this has got three of the greatest uh, jazz musicians uh, who ever lived on it, and uh, uh, I used to listen to this uh, while doing temp work at Prudential Base in the financial district of uh, San Francisco in the (laughs) early '90s. It's uh, Bix Beiderbecke and and Bing Crosby and Eddie Lang and Frank Trumbauer. Bix Beiderbecke. And this particular tune is a landmark tune because it influenced. Every other jazz musician since and you, recording where, in 1927. Where did you first hear it? I mean, what 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 spawned your interest in in jazz, and where does it take you now when you hear it? Where does it take me now? I don't know where it takes me now. Just uh, it's, it's 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 it makes me happy because it's a great tune, mm-hmm. and this kind of music is wonderful. It's three minute uh, songs. Every every song back then was like three minute three minutes because that was the the length you could record back then, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And they were all heavily melodic, and they had a a, a jazz melody, and then a, somebody who would take the lead, and that heavily influenced people like the Beatles because uh, oh, nice. uh, George Harrison was a big fan of uh, Big Spider Becca and Bing Crosby and his group. And there's this CD called Bix and Bing, <laughs> which uh, uh, that... Uh, George Harrison was a fan of and had. I, I just discovered this a few years ago, but Beatles were influenced by this kind of stuff. This is the first invasion of, of really heavily melodic power tunes, power pop tunes mm-hmm. back so in the when, 20s. Do you put this on on your iPod? Like, you would turn this on today, and would you just be driving or like trying to relax when you get home or this is can't yeah. be like workout music i don't imagine <laughs> yeah i listen to i listen to this to just for the fun of it and, and uh, I, i'm learning the guitar on it really very badly now yeah yeah, yeah i hear you him practicing it though. so you play guitar also yeah yeah when and this pick- this guy eddie lang who, who who did this was he was the first one to popularize the popularize the the guitar as a musical instrument in Recording. So until did, then, it was just banjo yeah, yeah. because that was all that could be heard above a uh, hmm. orchestra. But he made it so he could be heard. And, and then uh, Bing Crosby kind of killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so you play guitar now, though. When did you pick that up? In high school. Oh, so you've been playing yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. And you yeah. can read music or do you just no. play tab? No, I can't. I can't read music. So when you all play time. this, though, you just kind of do it by ear? Yeah, and, I'm, and I, I watch people. I watch YouTube videos. There it is. Which I didn't have back then. <laughs> but yeah. Do you ever try and play for girls? <laughs> no, I don't like doing that. <laughs> he doesn't want to stand out. I don't, or like, I don't like doing that. You know, like freaking, you go to a party and some jerk is playing guitar. <laughs> and it's some freaking Led Zeppelin tune or something. <laughs> Annoying. Get out of my way. Where's the beer? Where's the beer and the chicks? Because that's where the chicks hang out. Next By to the beer. beer. Next, Next to, the, to beer. the beer. Oh, I know. As do we all. Or the sweet, sensitive musician guy. <laughs> well, you don't want to. You don't want to date that girl. She won't like you. How come you never did musical comedy? I did actually. I had a I had a one man show. What? With, with twelve people in it. Yeah, we we all we all helped with Jim's yeah, one man show. When was that? In '96. Yeah, yeah, '96. Yeah. Just 96. For... Is this like right before the Daily Show? Sounds mm-hmm. like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, play for two weeks. Was that your like audition? No, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody saw it except friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, Daily Show audition is just. But I had I you know some somebody songs. and they and you and you send in a, a packet. Yeah, I did some musical theater right there. I wrote some songs and comedy with it. Yeah, yeah, kind of like was, a mu- musical. I remember the excrement song and yeah. the. Uh, I, had, um, I, had a, I had a. Oh, sk- the stamp song. The stamps. I played guitar for that. I played guitar for the stamp song. You were one of the twelve in his one man show. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I played the German version of the stamp song. Uh-huh. I, I What's can't... the what the stamp like postage stamps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it was about this uh, a guy who was mentally unstable person Kirk... who ran around uh, collecting stamps. Kirk mm-hmm. Nerves, philatelist. Yeah. <laughs> he would he would drive around. He had he had exposed nerves coming out of his head, oh. and he would drive recklessly, running people over in his in his manic pursuit of stamps. Mm-hmm. The perfect stamps. Yes, yeah. You go from post office to post office looking for the latest 
Love collection, love stamps, and the things like that. <laughs> then you run people over, and then you sing about them. And then, yeah, after he'd run over some people, and everybody was going, "Why are you doing this, Mister Nerves?" And then we would sing the stamp song. Are you crazy? Can't you see the exposed nerve endings <laughs> dangling precariously from the top of my head? What? Stamps, stamps, they can go anywhere. Stamps, stamps, with nary a care. Stamps, stamps, I wish that I were one. I want to be a stamp. <laughs> That's it. In German, Briefmarken, Briefmarken, Sie können irgendwo Briefmarken mit mein einer Sorge. Briefmarken, Sie können ich man wear. It does something. I Could I? I mean, blah, blah. It's still taped to my guitar. Do you think about putting the act back up on stage? <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I, 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 don't, I speak I, for myself. I can't get arrested in this town. I'm washed <laughs> up. I'm back at Glendale Community College for crying out loud. Well, you can get arrested there. They see that horror but thing again. Thanks to the, to the amazing Maggie Mayfield, my career has been semi-resurrected in... in, in Virtue of this show, and and I'm 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 in Hollywood doing something. Is this something that you would consider doing? Is that I mean, and who I would, would like your audience to be. I would like to do the musical theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would like to resurrect those songs somehow and do them. On stage. Is this a conversation that you guys have regularly? Like we should do? Because I have a, a few friends. That no, I, I don't ever talk to Barry. No, I think you guys live together. <laughs> Yeah, he's got he's got yeah he's got a room. Uh, I I I don't know. I'm away teaching. I come home. It's 100 degrees out. And I then write, I, and I'm then busy I talk writing, ex- writing sketches for the uh, Jimmy Dore show. Yeah, and that's what you're doing now. You write for Jimmy Dore. Right, yeah. and I'm, I'm writing and producing stuff for the National Lampoon podcast. And beyond that, we both talk exclusively to the cat. There's, there's no... Uh, we don't talk to well, each that's other. That's the show right there. You know, a couple of guys that kicked it off in the 80s, you know, that are now doing... Yeah. Like, the, what, what do you do? Because like, I, I was so... N- Naive that I thought everybody doing open mics, what the kids call today, mics. Yeah, mm-hmm. they call them. I didn't mics think now. any of you had day jobs or <laughs> you know did anything except that. Had like all day free, worked one hour a night, and had tons of money because I, I I I came up in the Boston scene. Uh huh. You know, and, the, and, and, and that's how it was like, there. Yeah, everybody was working. Like Brian Kylie was working all the time. Uh, Ron Lynch would come through. Uh, this guy, that guy. Well, we were, I mean, we did comedy on the road in the 80s and 90s. Um, but A, um, that was never profitable because we had split the money. Yeah. Oh, wow. And you we got paid as one act. We got paid as one. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. totally. we were like twice the funny. Bang. <laughs> and then transportation costs would, you know, be twice as much sometimes. And B, yeah, you know. After a certain point, I didn't want to live on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's not a good way to live no. over the long term. Port Arthur, Texas, Savannah, Georgia, Savannah, Rochester, New York. Rochester, Rochester. Is there a particular show that you guys did on the road that you can remember that's a standout either positively or negatively? Vancouver Island, worst tour ever. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Worst yeah. tour. Oh, my God. <laughs> they they yeah. hated themselves. They hated <laughs> They, they hated they hated forced creatures. Was it just like an audience of people with their arms folded? It was a, it was it was like, it was several audiences of people with their arms folded. I, I don't know. Again, what kind of um, what was the, the first thirty seconds of us going on? Remember what they they yelled? I, at? Would they say "Go home, fag"? I think oh, it was. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and they meant it. Because we were, you know, and now from San Francisco. Oh, boy. There it was. Hey, go home. Yeah, we, we toured with a guy who went on wearing a tank top and a buck knife. Him they liked. <laughs> you remember uh, his name? I don't remember his name. I liked it. I mean, he was actually a good traveling companion, but he had his act was, you know, how about that? How about that Michael Jackson? Is that one neurotic Homer or what? <sighs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we love him. He is our God. He's so smart. Yeah, and this was a tour, like right? This yeah, was it was a, a week and a half. How'd you get these tours? Well, how does that happen? Does uh, that still happen? Good fortune. <laughs> I good, can't, f- good connections. We we had a manager. I think I, I can't remember. Maybe Bob Fisher booked that one. Uh, but somebody, you know, well, what it was is there was a guy who like booked a bunch of clubs. He he booked a ring of clubs up in that area, and I forget the guy's name. But that's you made contact with that guy, and he booked you in all those clubs oh, for is a it week and like a half. One of those like tri- triple runs. Yeah, it's yeah. a triple run, except yeah. it wasn't triple. David Koresh. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it the Koresh tour. Yeah, 
<laughs> before he hit it big. Yeah. So yeah, that one. And there was uh, I remember some of the names Nanaimo. There was one Port Alberni, I think it was, that smelled like a dumpster. It was mm. right by a paper mill. The mm-hmm. whole well, the whole island is a paper mill and denuded of any foliage and yeah. and, and I, they've killed everything on that island. Uh, <laughs> they've cut down every tree, and then of course they hate conservationists. <laughs> I mean, oh, they're taking away our jobs, freaking horned owl uh, lovers or something. What was the owl that they were trying to say? Oh, spotted owl. Spotted owl. Yeah. yeah, and of course, you know. There isn't a tree around except maybe yeah. right on either side of the, the roads. They're, they mm-hmm. left trees. Yeah, but if you look up in the hills, you saw the strip, the, uh, the, the what is not strip. strip mining, but the strip, like a whole strip of trees just gone. Yeah. It's like it's okay. hard to imagine they wouldn't be into the farting Elvis bit, you know? That may have been pre-farting Elvis. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Boy, I wish we had farting Elvis back then because <laughs> that would have killed. Yeah. yeah. That's, Yeah. Instead of them trying to kill us. <laughs> How many shows did you have to do? And and it was did like every a, one of them suck. And what do you? How do it you was a week, a week. It was long, a week. It? it was like a in week the and same a half. Place or different clubs? No, different the places. The first one I think was in Victoria, and that was fine. It was like the first one that was actually kind of in a city, so to yeah. speak, and that was good. And then each one after that just got steadily worse. Yeah, Port Alberni, and the and, yeah. and the other one was where they had Nanaimo. Nanaimo was one of them. One of them, they have bathtub races in, in one of those towns <laughs> where they get in bathtubs and and race it like a somehow. like a derby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's on land or on in the water. I don't know. I didn't remember. But that's what they're famous for, and hating nature, <laughs> hating nature, <laughs> and hating people who like nature. And you've never been back. Nope. No. <laughs> Not even a tour. Just We're going to change that. We're bringing it back. <laughs> well, we tomorrow. have a surprise yeah, for you. There's more to come. I'm serious, though. Next song. All right, next song. You won't believe this. Okay. Lay it on us. Where's this take? Take it, brother. Well, Well, this is for me. Well, Steely Dan. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, figure what the heck. This week we should have a Steely Dan. But also, Steely Dan, um, that's what was playing in the background in high school. And I didn't particularly like them, you know. Yeah, this this song was like 1975. And Steely Dan in the late 70s, early 80s, they were just... That's when that's when they were big, and they were always playing. And I always thought, eh, whatever. The thing with me in popular music is I don't like stuff until it's unpopular for about twenty years. Yeah. And then and then I'll go back and listen to it. That's oh, still early to the party. Yeah. Yeah. As that's how it was with with Steely Dan. I started liking them in the nineties, and I thought, oh yeah, these these guys are good. It's very complex. There's there's the danger for Steely Dan is that they might. Um, is that they get so subtle and complex that they put you to sleep. You know, that's at their worst, that's kind of what they are. But, I, you know, like 20 years later, I decided I liked them. So for me, actually, this, this takes me two places. One is high school, you know, driving around the mountains up in, up in Mount Baldy. Well, that's just the thing on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then years later, uh, sitting in the garage in San Francisco writing, you know, and just having this sort of droning on. While I'm while Did I'm thinking about like other stuff, reintroduce it to you. Nope, I can't remember where it came back from. I, I think I was just like think I started thinking a lot about the 1970s or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I had been on the radio or something. What was your first apartment like? So the first place I lived that wasn't a dorm would have been in Berkeley, and that was okay. Now I remember that was the Reza Valley House. Reza Valley is a, is a landlord. He owns a bunch of these places in Berkeley. And he's still alive. He's still alive. He's still crazy. Yeah. <laughs> After all these years. Yeah. And he, he, like, he was in the newspaper, and they, uh, this was back then, where they were asking him what he was, why he was gutting a basement. And he said, oh, I'm building a, an anti-gravity machine. Oh. So that was, that was him. He was known for never fixing anything. He was my first landlord, too. And, yeah. And, uh, 
Berkeley different building when I went to school. Yeah, he was a, he was a slum lord. Mm-hmm. Mm. Kind of still is. Wow. <laughs> and famous for that. And famous for being crazy. Did you at least get your security deposits back? I did. Can't I remember. Did. Probably. I did. Yeah. When you're up driving around Mount Baldy in high school, yeah. What are you driving? What am I driving? <laughs> okay. What are you driving? Barry was driving. I was driving a nineteen. 19- 70-something Pontiac Le Mans. I was driving a boat. I was driving a station wagon. I had a Pontiac Le Mans. Station wagon. This was a station wagon. I was driving a boat. And it was us. uh, It was me and Jim and our friends Will and Eric. And we would drive around. And here's, here's, this isn't a typical night. This is just a night I remember. We drove up. There's a part of Mount Baldy where people would sort of pull off and make out, you know. Switchbacks. It was lower than the. Pull off. it It was lower than the switchbacks. It was it was kind of near the dam or something. It wasn't that far up, and we we went up. So we pulled up, and we got and we hung out of the car, and we started telling old jokes. I mean things like, um, I walked into an antique store the other day and asked what's new, and but we're shouting them while people are trying to make out. Basically, <laughs> we're, we're, we're ruining uh, guys people's blowjobs. Yeah, basically. <laughs> We're bitter, you know. It's us and three other guys. You know, it's just the four of us, and we're not getting laid. So we're, so we're, we want to ruin somebody else's evening. So, yeah. So we did this, and then we just peel out of there, you know, in the gravel and everything. And some one night, somebody followed us. So chased us, <laughs> chased yeah. us, yeah. Down those, down the, down all the way back down the mountain, and we're driving through the orange groves. They still had orange groves back then. And just this went on for I don't know, a good hour or so. Getting followed? Getting followed by well, God knows who. Chase us down. And Barry yeah. was driving. Of course, he was speeding eighty miles an hour down Mount Baldy. Yeah. I looked at I looked at the <laughs> your, your speedometer. Yeah. And we were we were hitting bumps and becoming airborne. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and you know, four guys, four guys in high school are outside of just out of high school and being chased. At one point, I turned around and said, "Wait a minute." It's a guy and his yeah, it's date. A guy and his it. date, and there are four of us. You know, maybe we shouldn't be so scared. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're not the ones who should be frightened. Hey, nineteen. <laughs> we got one more song. We got Do one we? more All song, right. and then a few other bells and. Okay. Well, I, just, I, just, I never liked what was the band? Again? Steely Dan. Steely Dan, because it always sounded like a, a, a catch-up commercial. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> lose that girl. Don't. So where does this take you? Well, that. This is Jim's song. Well, I grew mm-hmm. up with the beat in the sixties. Yeah, was, so did I. I that, that was the greatest uh, period of uh, for pop music, the greatest decade, in my opinion. Because you, you can't argue with that. Because more hits came out per week. I mean, every week there was like seven new uh, number one hits. That's like Taylor Swift today. <laughs> it's only only that. right now. <laughs> they were real hits, uh, not oh. not prefab manufactured for the radio industry. But okay. this, these and, and the Beatles were the king, you know, back then. And and this song was an example of what came off the Help album, mm-hmm. which featured the you know the song Help. And that's the, to me that album is where pop music was perfected. The pop song. Was perfected, and I think the Beatles did it then. I think also with back in that those times, it's hard to appreciate at this point with with so much scattered media. But that there was a centrality to media, like the Beatles were the biggest thing. Everybody agreed that the Beatles were great, whether you were smart or dumb. I can't imagine a world where people agree on anything. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but they did. You know, it's like and yeah. it was the most exciting thing in the world. When you don't, you can't imagine what it was like to be alive and hear a new brand new Beatles song come out and it was exciting because it was actually great you know it was real good stuff and exciting 
And 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 that album, like I said before, I think that's where they perfected the pop song right there. And that was the first time when you had a whole album full of great music, and they wrote it the, themselves and performed it themselves. This was something that wasn't <laughs> common back then, you know. And it still isn't actually, <laughs> you know, when you think about it. But they did it. It's a very interesting point because. For whatever reason, I mean, when you when you do study the record industry, the recording industry, the way in which a song was was released, quite different than today, where you've got to be kind of connected in the right social media circles, mm-hmm. and there's a selective audience, and it's very segmented in mm-hmm. in many ways. But that was those days are kind of I, I'm trying to think because I miss the Beatles. I was uh, I was born '64, mm-hmm. so they were done by the time I was really becoming conscious. Interested. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it was Kiss. You know, actually, for me, not, no, yeah. I was like, where, where was I ever in my life anticipating the release of a new album? And, and you know, Destroyer and, and, and all of those Kiss albums were like the closest thing I can sort of equate because most of the music I really like and, you know, had already been produced and released. Were you part of the Kiss Army? I was. Yeah. yeah. I served uh, from 1970. There were no parades. There were no parades. <laughs> Yeah, I got a dishonorable discharge. You had a discharge yeah. of some kind. I, yeah. bought, I bought a Sam Cooke album, and yep. I was completely... You were part of the paramilitary group. That's right, I was. Kiss. What an interesting Fave Five this has been. This has really gone in, in, a, in a myriad of directions that is uh, kind of unique to the show. Would you I agree? Like it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Okay, this is the part of the show that uh, we're going to take a little brain break, and David's going to play a little game we like to call Band Name or Bar Name, where he gives us the two different names from a location that was picked from our last guest, and we have to figure out whether this is the name of a band or a bar. There's no points. It's just for fun. That's right, gentlemen. This is uh, Bar Name or Band Name. Right. And uh, meaningless and uh, silly fun, and now an, an, an integral part of Y Tune Shuffle. It's a lot of and I also I don't know it either, so I'm playing along with you guys. Okay. That's right. Maggie right. is a contestant as well. We are now going to Tokyo, Japan. Tokyo. Uh, so right. so put your thinking That's caps in Japan? on. Is it? Are the, is, so is we're it, not are, little Tokyo, Los Angeles. So these names are translated. Uh, they are translated, right. um, and it, it's an international sort of area that I, I researched in Tokyo. Okay. Um, and uh, I would ask the question, hey, you guys want to go hear High Five mm-hmm. play at Chrome? Okay. Because we're in Tokyo. We can't miss High Five, and I love Chrome. Or would you okay. like to hear okay. and see Chrome uh-huh. play out at High Five? Oh, man. Which is the bar name? And which is the band name well, in Tokyo? I, I don't know which is which, but I would rather go to a bar called High Five than a bar called Chrome. You know, I'm going to say the opposite because five members of a band could be super high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. High Five. Yeah. I'd rather you? listen to High Chrome <laughs> go to High I'd rather just get Chrome. high. Right? Yeah. All right. So, show of hands, mm-hmm. who thinks High Five is the band? show of hands when this is a radio show <laughs> everyone's hand went up <laughs> there are no cameras throat. <laughs> no hands went up okay so Wait, say it again. so uh high five band or bar i think it's uh, a bar i think chrome is the real band i'll just i'll just like i say i don't know which is which i'll just i would prefer okay, I, to- I, 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 I have to. I, I I have made a tremendous mistake. They're, they're both bands, or they're both <laughs> bars. No, 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 no. Do you know what Chrome is? It's a particular like Google thing. Yes. Google yes. Chrome. I've been oh. reading. Yeah. Oh, that's the browser. Let's that's start the browser. Again. Let's start again. Oh, that's the name of the browser. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. Waterman. I'm sorry. Waterman. Do you want to go? You incompetent let's, bungler. Let's, <laughs> So let's play band name or bar name. All right, sir. Okay. Oh, I'm not editing. No, that. no, no. We're, we're in Tokyo. Do you want to go to Gazette and see High Five, or would you like to go see High Five play at Gazette? Okay, actually, now I want the bar to be Gazette. <laughs> well, because of your journalist. Yeah, background. I think that would yeah. be a better bar for yeah, me to hang out Gazette with. Is Gazette the name of the bar, or is High Five the name of the bar, or Vicey and Versi? Gazette is the band. Gazette is the band. Okay. I think Gazette is the bar. Okay. 
Okay. Uh-oh. We have a little controversy here. All right. I'm, I'm going with Gazette as the bar because that's what I want it to be. Okay. So we have two votes for Gazette as the bar, one vote for Gazette as the band. Okay. The most professional modern rock band, what I've ever heard. And I'm reading directly from the <laughs> I'm review. I'm sure you they're are. They're fantastic. Very, very good musicians. And they're the best band for me. I had a lots of impression of them to make my own music. I'm rock music, too. And he's talking about, or she's talking about, Gazette, ah. the band in Tokyo. Did I, did I get that right? You won that one. You won that, Oh, Jim. man. On the other hand, if you're in Japan near 104-00615, Effer Ginza 5, you'd be at Whew. Bar High 5. I dropped the bar because uh, oftentimes they have lounge or bar or yeah, brew sure. pub next to them. Yeah, fair enough. So there you'd be. Great cozy cocktails, cozy wine, and Marines are welcome. <laughs> at Bar High Five. Just they as a are. side note, if you're serving overseas, check out Bar High Five in Tokyo. Marines. So, that's right. Well, wow. we've got bases over there in Tokyo. Yeah. A lot of them. Gentlemen, it's your job now to give us the name of a town, city, province, anywhere in the world for next week's bar name or band name show, which I'll research and come up with two doozies. Amsterdam? Wow. Have you done Amsterdam before? We have have I we done? So. No, we have not done anything in Holland, so we're going to Amsterdam. Okay. <laughs> All right, each of you have shared three of your favorite songs. We've got yeah. a total of six today, but let's bring it a little bit more current into twenty seventeen. What is a current guilty pleasure? Oh, guilty pleasure? No. Yeah, what TV. Do I, what oh. do I do? I just watch <laughs> stand up all that. the time. Just watching people's stand up acts or at this point they've they've got um well, you know, you get on YouTube and they're saying, well, we're playing Rick and Morty 24 hours a day, mm. you know, things like that. So I'll go I'll go look at TV shows that I've already seen many, many times mm-hmm. and I'll just watch them and watch them some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Yep. And you, Jim? I've been drinking a lot. Lately. Yeah. Okay. That's good. It's a pleasure and he feels guilty about it. Yeah. Oh, going to see a, a 20s jazz at a, a bar in Burbank on Magnolia. I, I do that a lot. Okay. Yeah. There's What's a, the name of the bar? Uh, it's called uh, uh, the Great American Bar and Grill, and, and uh, this guy named John Reynolds, uh, who's a fantastic jazz guitar player, he plays there mm-hmm. a lot. Nice. He's uh, Zazu Pitts's uh, grandson. For that, all one goes, you, I was like, that one goes right over my head. I have no Z- idea what you Zazu just said. Pitts, uh, <laughs> well, look her up. Okay. For Hugh Zazu heads out there. Yeah. You'll, you'll find out a lot of information about it. But before we get to your corner of the internet, I'm very curious to know, as David is, I'm sure, as well, thinking very hard to the very first concert you ever went to what is the story behind it well i don't i I don't think i went to that many concerts uh frankly i mean i would have gone to some classical concert with my parents at some point i would have either it would have either gone to a randy newman concert or it's the time i went with jim to see the clash before they uh, just before they broke up i guess my first concert was probably definitely a classical pianist that the concert that my dad would take me to but the first pop concert was uh uh, Lou Reed. Oh man! Wow. In seventy-five or six, my friend uh, Steve Gordon, who mm-hmm. I met in junior high, I'm still friends with him. Uh, he took me to see uh, Lou Reed. Yeah, at the Santa Monica Civic. Wow. I remember. Yeah. I think he shot up on stage. Uh, that's. <laughs> it looked like it when he was when he was singing heroin. It really looked like he was shooting up on stage. He yeah. Wrapped something around his. His his arm, his left arm, and he did the whole motions, and, you know, that you do when you're smacking the the veins and everything. That's what I remember. But you're I like, could be oh wrong. yeah, but that was not a part of your what repertoire drugs. No, I mean, me, mine yeah. in the no, 1970s. Not, no, that was not yet. That was his okay. <laughs> his repertoire. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you guys so much. If fans want to keep up with you, what's your corner of the internet? Well, I I'm I work on the National Lampoon, the final edition radio hour. Um, I produce and write for that. That's me. Mm-hmm. So look that up. You're not like a Twitter guy. You don't have a website. I don't really do Twitter that much. I say something because I don't think of that many funny things to say in the course of a day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you know, I've got some other work I have to do. I, I write for. Um, uh, a, a, a news blog that covers Northeast Los Angeles, the East Sider. So you can look okay. for me there too. Cool. But mostly, I'm writing and producing for uh, for the Poons uh, podcast, the Poon Cast. Thank you, Barry, and you, Jim. 
I uh, I write the uh, the phone calls for the Jimmy Dore show that voiced by the amazing uh, Mike McRae, mm-hmm. and I'm also on Twitter at jimmerl six six six. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tweets. I don't, I don't really? tweet much. There were a lot of other Jim Earls with numbers, and I said, you know, six 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 will stand out as opposed <laughs> to three or four. Or, you know. right. yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been such a pleasure to meet you and get to know you, and thank you so much for coming on Y-Toon Shuffle. All right. See you in court. Yep. Langan Earl. David O. Waterman.